Now, you're looking at Diane, because today she is going to give you the instructions. I'm going to show you. Where do we start? At the top. Up the top, on the outside. And here we go. We're going to do little circles. All the way around from the back to the front. We're going to count to... Ten. Ready? One, two. Toothbrushing is one of the most important things you can do for your oral health. Done right, it can take just four minutes a day. It can save endless pain and thousands of dollars. Because let's face it, the only thing that might be worse than the excruciating, eye-popping pain of a toothache is forking over an entire pay packet to the dentist. You're listening to Consume This with me, Sophie Stewart. Welcome. I'm so happy you've decided to spend the next half hour here with me. Trust me, it's going to be quite the journey. It's going to be toothy. Now, as we like to do here at Consume This, one evening we were idly flicking through the biannual New Zealand Health Survey. Fascinating read. Looking for story inspiration. The smoking rates decreased again. Just over half of adults were physically active last week. Young people drink more than recommended, blah, blah, blah. So far, very uninspiring. Until one in three adults and almost half of children aren't brushing their teeth as recommended. Now, the survey, well, it spins this as a positive. And sure, it does mean two-thirds of people are brushing and that number is slowly creeping up. But our... There's a story here, Instinct was aroused. Like all the best stats, it rattled around in the back of our consume this consciousness for a while, until finally I decided we need to get to the bottom of it. Who are these people? Growing adults, walking amongst us, with dirty teeth, unpolished gnashes, and manky molars. And maybe even more interestingly, why? Why are you not brushing your teeth, people? Especially when we know that brushing can massively reduce our risk of developing tooth decay. It it all happens because we have a diet high in sugar, particularly sugary drinks. Sugar goes in the mouth and then the bugs that live in our teeth eat the sugar and excrete acid. And it's the acid that eats into the teeth and causes tooth decay or dental caries. And it's a major, major problem. This is former practicing dentist. I gave up pulling teeth a few years ago. Uh, I thought 45,000 extractions was enough. And spokesman for the New Zealand Dental Association, Dr Rob Beaglehole. We'll be hearing from him again later. But first, for some investigating of our own. As a jumping off point, we decided to follow in the proud tradition of every other slightly lazy journalist on the hunt for a story. Our producer Tom whacked up a post on popular social media site Reddit. Hi. I was just flicking through the one-page breakdown on the New Zealand oral health results, and this stat on toothbrushing that 64% of adults are brushing their teeth as recommended, well, it really jumped out at me. I don't think I know anyone who doesn't brush their teeth. And then we sat back and waited for the comments and discussions to roll in. Whilst we were waiting for the net citizens, or as Tom has now informed me, the net citizens or the people on the interwebs of our New Zealand to flock to our journalistic honey trap, I decided to investigate two innocuous-sounding but important words in that stat. As recommended. Yeah, so we would recommend that people would brush their teeth twice a day with a fluoride toothpaste. This is Manatu Ho Order National Clinical Director of Oral Health, Rena Clark. 
if you had to say which one of those is the more important, uh, you're going to say the nighttime one just before you hop into bed is the most important one. And that's because when you go to bed at night, your saliva gets very quiet and your saliva or your spit is very protective of your teeth. And so when decay is happening and all that acid is in your mouth from those sugars, then your saliva can help protect against that. But during the night when your saliva goes very quiet, you have less protection in your mouth. So between that and having stuff on your on your teeth from all day long, it's really important to brush just before you hop into bed at night. So why do we recommend twice a day? If it's better than once, then why not three or four times? Wouldn't that be even better? Or after every meal? Yeah, there are um, studies that show if you brush more than twice a day that you can actually improve the situation and reduce your decay more. And also the strength of the toothpaste that you use, um, how much fluoride is in it is very important as well. Uh, But we do know that the bacteria, if you remove the bacteria twice a day, because that's what you're doing when you're brushing, you're removing the bacteria film that lives on your teeth, the sticky film called plaque, the toothpaste will be effective for about 12 hours in protecting your teeth. But as our conversation continued, I discovered that it is in fact possible to overbrush your teeth. That is to essentially brush away our tooth enamel, which is why there's one final caveat to those recommendations. We should all, even adults, should be using small-headed, soft, bristled toothbrushes. Thanks, Rena. We'll hear again from her later. When producer Tom made our Reddit post, I had imagined that we'd get, you know, a few responses. Perhaps something interesting might pop up. I left it overnight, and in the morning, bam, there were almost 300 comments. Unbelievable, right? Who knew toothbrushing was such a hot topic? Maybe unsurprisingly, given some of the comments, no one who replied to our message really wanted to talk on the podcast. So instead, I got Nick and Emmy from the consumer office to read you a few. I brush twice a day, morning to keep your friends, night to keep your teeth. At least twice a day, more some days, when I work from home for example. Twice a day minimum, religiously. Even if I'm exhausted, drunk, lazy or otherwise occupied, I will make time to brush. I've got the routine down at night. I can't in the mornings. Only once at the end of the day, unless there's something annoyingly stuck in between them at another time. Never had any related dental issues. I will go to the dentist once a year, get my teeth and wallet cleaned, and he tells me everything's fine. Once a day. I'll be 50 next year. No fillings or damage. Generally once, straight after my shower in the morning. I've recently started back with the twice a day because I'm trying to encourage the kids and my work schedule has changed. But for about 10 years, I only brushed at night. Once a fortnight. Once a week. But I rinse my mouth with mouthwash every night and use toothpicks at my work from home desk every day. I also chew a lot of gum. Maybe once or twice a month. Never been big on brushing teeth since I was a child. I feel no shame about it, even though definitely starting to pay the price for it now. So, do our Redditors fit the Ministry of Health survey data? After a quick tally, it's a resounding no. And not in the way you might have thought. A massive 50% of the comments admitted to not brushing their teeth as recommended. But as we know, recommended can cover a lot of things, including not using fluoride toothpaste. Like this Redditor, Cat Shark. I brush twice a day, but I don't use standard fluoride toothpaste. Unfortunately, they didn't want to speak to us about why. But it did get me thinking. I know fluoride is good for our teeth, I know that's why it's in most toothpaste. 
But what does it actually do? Basically, it makes the teeth more resistant to attack by the acid. It strengthens it. And then if you do get holes in your teeth or tooth decay, what the fluoride does is that it remineralizes the teeth. So it kind of rebuilds it. So fluoride is a really, really important component in, in oral health. Well, that'll be why it's in our water as well then. This is Dr. Rob Beaglehull again. Remember him from the start of the episode? The main thing is that it binds into the enamel. So the acid attacks the enamel. So we want to make it as strong as possible. And it's relatively complicated, but that makes the tooth more resistant to acid. The other thing that it can do is the fluoride gets into the bugs, the tooth bugs, and and disrupts their, their mode of action. So it mucks them up which is very helpful. Um, And then, of course, the last thing it does is that it rebuilds the the tooth once it does get, if it does get um, decayed. The benefits of using fluoride toothpaste have been overwhelmingly demonstrated by multiple studies. Conversely, there is still a lack of evidence that brushing without fluoride does anything much to prevent dental caries, which, by the way, is just a fancy dentist word for cavities and tooth decay. If you want to brush your teeth, maybe it makes your breath smell good. That's great. But you just need to know it's not going to reduce the chance of tooth decay. Yeah, so there is evidence. There have been studies that show you can brush your teeth um, with a toothpaste that doesn't contain fluoride, but you won't get that protective effect against decay. A 2020 research paper by Matt Hobbs estimated that about 7% of us are using non-fluoride toothpaste. Rena Clark, who also happens to be an author on that paper, has been doing some work on this issue. Yes, yeah, so the first thing to explain is that there are three different situations here. One is you have a toothpaste with no fluoride in it, often in inverted commas called natural toothpastes. The second one is low fluoride toothpaste, which has a low level of fluoride in the toothpaste. And then the third option is that you have a fluoride toothpaste, which we would call standard uh, strength. Now, when we say low fluoride, we're talking roughly, say, 500 parts per million of fluoride is how we describe it. It took a few years for science to catch up. And people's big concern with using fluoride, for example, in little children um, in their toothpaste is that if the children, for example, get hold of the toothpaste and they're chewing down on the product, then what can happen is that they can get a problem with their teeth called fluorosis. And fluorosis is where the teeth have little white speckles or mottling on the teeth. It can range from mild to severe. Now, it would be very strange in New Zealand to see people, we we don't see people with severe mottling, but um, most people would have mild mottling. And some studies now are showing that it actually disappears as you get older. But most people don't want to have speckled teeth. They, you know, it's a bit of a cosmetic issue when they're younger. Your teeth are forming while you're small. Your teeth are forming in your gums, your grown-ups' teeth. And so if you're chewing down on this toothpaste, you can actually cause damage to those teeth as they're forming inside your gums so they come through speckled. So what people used to think was a good idea was that maybe with younger children that we would use a lower fluoride toothpaste and therefore have less risk of this speckling. However, science caught up then and realised that actually lower fluoride toothpaste weren't protecting well against decay. We realized that they weren't very effective. So as a result, I spoke nicely to the companies in New Zealand who were putting that on the shelves and said, look, 
you know, we can't mandate you to remove this product from the shelves, but it would be really nice if Fano could go along to the supermarket and pick up a tube of toothpaste, particularly the ones that have nice pictures on them for kids and have, you know, whatever the current character is, whether it's Dora the Explorer or Mickey Mouse or Peppa Pig on there. We want people to know that when they pick up toothpaste, that actually it is going to work for their children and prevent decay. So in other countries, let's say, for example, in Australia, they have higher levels of water fluoridation than we do here in New Zealand. And so therefore, it might be slightly more acceptable to use a lower fluoride toothpaste, which is why the companies sell it over there. But of course, then they see New Zealand as a kind of a, you know, a side market. So we asked them very kindly if they would just stop selling those low fluoride products here because it wasn't going to prevent decay for kids and particularly for kids who weren't receiving fluoride in their water. And they could see the logic and they all agreed to remove those low fluoride products from the shelves. This might not be the kind of deal you hear about on the news, but it's a pretty major achievement for oral health in Aotearoa. Well, actually, I was just really, really delighted. And I'm a dental public health specialist, and there are about 27 dental public health specialists around New Zealand. And they were all very excited about it, as were all of the staff who work in the community oral health service, who work at the coalface, basically, who see these kids who come in who have dental caries and have to go through the treatment that arises from having um, decay in their teeth. So, yes, I, I think we should celebrate that it's a great win for us. So... That's what's up with fluoride. In summary, use full-strength fluoride toothpaste. And if you have them, use it for your babies and children too. Especially if you live in an area without fluoridated water. Future you will probably be grateful. Very likely, in fact. But 7% doesn't come close to explaining the 1 in 3 who aren't brushing as recommended. Our quick poll also unearthed some people who never, or very rarely, brush their teeth at all. Once a fortnight. Once a week, but I rinse my mouth with mouthwash every night. I also chew a lot of gum. So what does Rob think about that? Well, chewing the gum for, you know, 20 minutes after a meal will reduce, sorry, it will increase the pH in the mouth. It creates saliva. So the saliva can also have a beneficial effect in terms of uh, reducing tooth decay. Um, the mouthwash depends what's in it. Depends if there's fluoride in it. Um, sometimes they just have chlorhexidine, which can wipe out the bugs in the mouth, good bugs and bad bugs. So if you're doing mouth rinse, um, you probably want to limit that. Um, and if you're only brushing your teeth once a week, then you're probably going to increase the chance of getting tooth to go. But most of the not-as-recommended people who replied to us claimed that they only brushed once a day. Okay, right, that's it. I can't go any further in this investigation without getting something off my chest. I, Sophie Stewart, am in the once-a-day camp. That's right, I I only brush my teeth once a day, even though I was outraged at the start of this podcast. But in my defence, I'm very lazy. So what does our main man Rob think about this? Obviously, twice is better than once, and it's all about the dose of the fluoride. So if you've got a regular amount of fluoride coming into the mouth in small amounts, once in the morning, once at night, then it's going to build that tooth resistance. You've just also got to think about the population as a whole. You know, when we're recommending these sorts of uh, measures, we're thinking about the whole population. Obviously, if you can do it once a day and you've got a diet low, a low in sugar, then that's probably okay. But ideally, if you're doing it twice a day, then you're also going to be building up that tooth. You're not only killing the bugs, but you're also re- 
making that tooth stronger so it's going to be more chance to, to resist that attack when you do eventually get sugar. Our investigation so far has unearthed those of us, myself included, who aren't brushing as much as maybe we should. But the question remains, why? Well, I tried, I really did, but unfortunately none of our Reddit friends wanted to talk to us about that. But Rena and Rob had some thoughts. There are a number of barriers to why people don't brush uh, regularly. Um, and it could range from, for example, cost is a uh, for some people a barrier so at the moment in particular you have people who are finding it hard to pay for rent petrol food and so toothbrushes and toothpaste um you know if you want to buy a loaf of bread and you you're thinking will i buy the bread or the toothpaste well sometimes the bread wins out i'm afraid for other people it's maybe not realizing the importance so some people have this mindset that uh baby teeth are going to fall out. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, we're going to get a new set, so we're not going to get too fussed about brushing them. Um, and some people just haven't got the knowledge base that, you know, some of us were brought up with, oh my goodness, you must brush twice a day. Rob also agreed with Rena on this point. I know lots of clients in the past, people I've treated in the past, have had one toothbrush for their five kids and it's all worn out and they can't afford toothpaste. Which is just incredibly depressing. But he also threw out another suggestion. I think some people aren't brushing their teeth at all or only very infrequently because they haven't got into a good habit. And the the one thing we would say now is that you can always start that habit. You can always start afresh and just realise it's good for your teeth, it's good for your body, and it's it's good for, you know, smelling good for for your partner and your friends. But it's not all doom and gloom. My investigation has led to a few groups of people who are trying to break this cycle. Turn your brush up this way. Turn it upside down. Turn it around that way. So up the top. Here we go. Good boy, that's perfect. Here we go, ten scrubs back and forth. Here we go, one, two, three. It's a sunny Thursday morning and we're in a classroom at Henderson Primary School in West Auckland. I can see some fabulous brushing going on there. It's a space you can tell is designed for very young children. The chairs and tables are tiny. And as we enter, all the adults are forced to duck under a low-hanging rope adorned with paintings of kiwis. And we're going to do scrubbing again. This is the easy one, isn't it? We're here to visit the Niho Kura Supervised Toothbrushing Project, or the Tooth School. The project, currently in its pilot stage and funded by the Well Foundation, sees the kids start each day by brushing their teeth in class, with all the toothbrushes and toothpaste provided for them. So Well Foundation is the... Uh, official charity of uh, the health services that are provided across uh, Western North Auckland, so provided by Te Whatu Orawaramata. I'm Tim Edmonds, I'm the Chief Executive of the Well Foundation. And our role is to work in partnership with those health services, um, particularly in that innovation space, so to bring funding from donors, from the community for things that couldn't happen otherwise because they're over and above baseline health services, and that's both within hospital setting but really importantly within the community. And so our job is to really work with these amazing teams of clinicians, community health workers to understand what the opportunities are to do more, to innovate, and then to take those opportunities to the community and say, hey, these things, we all want these to happen for the community. We don't have the resourcing and funding to do it as part of core budgets. Can we come together, bring philanthropic and and generosity to the table to help make it happen? Which is exactly how they got this pilot off the ground. Yeah, so I think for a long time there's been this recognised need to do more in the preventative space around oral health. We were part of those discussions that said, what would it look like to pilot 
to do it on a smaller scale and to really develop what it looks like for a kaupapa Māori approach to it that actually embraces a co-design approach to it. And so it was really appropriate that we brought some of that funding support to it. About $160,000 of support has come from the community for the programme. Initially, external staff came into the school and helped to set up the programme. Yeah, initially it was like we sort of trying to sell it really. Staff like Diane Houston, who you just heard excitedly leading the class through their brushing routine. She's the Community Development and Planning Manager for the Auckland Regional Dental Service. The Nihokura programme includes a supervised toothbrushing in-school component, a fluoride application, which we use clinical staff to apply fluoride six-monthly, which is the recommended uh, time frame. It also, we do clinical examinations and treatment, either treatment on site or if, if that's possible, or we support whānau to navigate to appointments at the clinics. So very concise kind of follow-up programme. We also support any kind of queries that whānau have, even around wider health issues if they need support. After some initial training from Diane H in the team, once the teething problems are ironed out, wink, wink, the project gets handed over to the classroom teacher. Can I get Initially, I thought, yes, on top of everything that teachers have to do, it is, uh, it can be quite overwhelming. But once I got into it, it literally took 10, 15 minutes. And it, it is all about how you train your children and how you teach them. Which in this case is Deanne Renner. I am the team leader at Henderson Primary School for the junior school, basically oversee the junior school. And yeah, I've been teaching for almost 20 years. So a long time. And this is definitely a new initiative that I'm quite excited about. I have had lots of challenges, mainly because I'm the new entrant classroom. So it's very much a transition type of classroom. They come from kindy, they stay with me for a bit and then move them through another junior space. So I've seen lots of faces and I have to keep introducing the program to them. And then the child moves on. So it's practically starting again constantly. But they're really good at learning from each other and and actually just teach each other how to do it. And yeah, they're very excited and engaged in the whole program. Often I'll have someone say, I've already brushed my teeth this morning. I don't need to do it again. So often my response will be, oh, you're just going to have extra pearly white teeth. It's all about technique and doing it the proper way. And and then there are children that come quietly and say, I didn't brush my teeth this morning. So I think it's perfect that they're getting that one chance in the day to be supervised and knowing that they're actually getting that help to brush their teeth in the morning. So, yeah, after teaching for 20 years, you just know when a child hasn't. So when this came up, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Hopefully that they will take that with them into adulthood. Such clean take today, aren't they? <laughs> Brushes in your mouth, getting ready. So once we made it through the forest of hanging kiwi paintings, the children all sat around a tiny desk, each with their own toothbrush, a cup, a napkin and a tiny bit of toothpaste. Diane, who is going to lead today's session, pulls out a giant model of a set of teeth, which she uses to lead the class through the brushing exercise. All the kids are really engaged in the session. They almost don't need Diane at all. After they finish, they all line up at the sink to clean their brushes and pack them away in little cases with their names on. 
Whilst the Niho Kura program is still in the pilot stage, it is showing signs of success. I think it's quite novel. We haven't seen anything like this before. And clearly there is a huge need for um, oral care, healthcare, and uh, especially children. And the sooner we start them, yeah, the better outcomes when they're adults and on the health system. And whilst the project's official interim report is still being worked on, Diane and Tim also share this sentiment. Yes, definitely. I think that um, health needs to make, in our service particularly, needs to make the shift into a more preventive space, moving away from the model of care of treatment um, type models. And I think the overseas models have definitely showed some benefit, some cost benefits in regards to these types of preventive programs. Dental disease is one of the leading causes of uh, admissions to hospitals uh, so that's huge there genuinely is a, a fantastic story to tell there about being creative and innovative and in how we address this challenge at a preventative level yeah we, we obviously want to see it move on from here the worst possible outcome for us as a foundation is that this pilot happens and then uh, actually for lots of reasons it's too complicated and it goes in the too hard basket but what we've seen is a real commitment from everybody involved to make sure that that doesn't happen and so the faster that that progresses and we come up with what the next version of this is for you know, new populations, for new communities, uh, the happier we are. And as for the kids themselves, well, Leanna and Seth, aged five, sum that up. I like doing all of it. Um, I do it down the bottom and up top at home. I do it morning and night because I like brushing teeth a lot. Like, every day. Programs like these and all the work that people like Rena and Rob are doing are making a difference, and the results are trickling through to the stats. So, yes, we are seeing improvements over the decades. Everybody has seen an improvement in oral health, all groups, but we need to tackle inequity and do something about it, which is why we have to target some groups to help them to fulfil their potentials. Seeing the passion and commitment of everyone involved, I don't doubt that we'll get there. But it won't happen overnight. Projects like Nihokura and the National Oral Health Promotion Initiative are aimed at creating generational change. And that, well, it can take a generation. You've been listening to Consume This. This episode was supported by the Ministry of Health. It was hosted by myself, Sophie Stewart, and produced by Tom Ray Smith. Our thanks go out to Sally Gilbert, Ruth Morse, Alana Lenahan, Henderson Primary School, and everyone who spoke to us for this episode. It wouldn't have been possible without you. Consume This is the official podcast of Consumer NZ. If you've enjoyed it, we'd love it if you signed up to become a consumer member. You can find out more information about that on the Consumer NZ website or via the link in the show notes. Kakite. Hello, I'm Abby Darman and I work in the campaigns team at Consumer New Zealand. I want to tell you about some of the exciting work we're doing here at Consumer New Zealand. 
Right now, literally, as we speak, we are working really hard to keep big businesses and our lawmakers in check. So we're currently engaged in taking on unfair retirement village contracts, misleading supermarket pricing and dodgy green claims. To keep up this good work, we need to raise $50,000 before the 24th of September. So please, if you can, help us to help others by heading to consumer.org.nz forward slash donate. Thanks so much.